Friday's payroll numbers came out and they seemed, well, almost schizophrenic. Some parts of the data looked relatively solid. Other parts looked concerning. And then we look across the rest of the U.S. economy, some of the economic data that came in this week, and it looks a lot more than concerning that maybe the very thing that we've been worried about all year, could it finally be here? And if that's the case, then why are stocks going up? Why is there a rally in sort of in a lot of risk assets, whereas in the bond market, this concern, these concerns are being priced as major concerns. As we've been talking about all year, we've got massive inversions. Those inversions got uh, became even more inverted as the data this week came in. So trying to make sense of all of these things, all of these moving parts, let's talk to Mr. Stephen Van Meter. Steve, we've got payroll data. We've got ISM data. We've got stocks doing celebrations. I don't know. We've got the bond market looking as ugly as ever. Where do we even begin here? Jeff, it's great to be back. I know. Thanks for having me. I know it's been a couple of weeks since uh, we've done our uh, chat together. And for once, the bond market is starting to react like we expect. Rates are starting to come down at the long end. You know, you've said go for so long that the inverted yield curve will lead to lower long-term rates. People kept saying, when's this going to happen? Well, it is happening. But what's notable, Jeff, and you mentioned the stock market rallying here, because look at what investors are doing. They finally say, hey, you know what? I figured this out. I got it wrong in the dot-com bubble. I got it wrong during the great financial crisis. I got it wrong going into the pandemic. Because remember, we were headed into a recession before the pandemic, and everyone had it wrong. And so now they're saying, look, I get it. The ISMs are going down. Payrolls are decelerating. I'm flooding into cash. And yes, I'm going to survive this one. And then stocks rally. It's amazing, isn't it? It's it's why are they rallying? And, you know, I'm not an efficient market person. I think that most markets are relatively efficient. But you and I know that most markets can be insane and irrational. John Maynard Keynes old story about, you know, the beauty contest that is equities, especially equities that don't have this natural grounding in the real economy. There's no fundamentals really to share prices. It's basically a, a company's worth what anybody will pay for it. And so trying to figure out what's going on in the stock market in some ways is sort of chasing your tail anyway. But it's still, I mean, here we are. Let's let's talk about the data first. Let's set the table. Then we'll talk about irrationality here. The payroll report, the headline number was 223. Now, you can take that a number of ways. To me, that's incredibly alarming because as we've talked about, you and I specifically uh, several times before, this, the establishment survey payrolls is is. It, they they want it in a narrow range because that's what it does. That's how the statistics work. And at 223, it's leaking down below the bottom end of that range, which suggests there is more than just a garden variety amount of weakness that's pushing the payroll number below where, I know it's, it's for lack of a better term, where they want it to be. They want it to be in the middle of this range because that's what the establishment survey and the CES does. So right away, 223 should tell people this that's probably not a good thing. And as you always point out, Steve, the, the labor market numbers, they're always backwards looking to begin with. So if we're looking at the establishment survey at 223, it's going slightly lower, lower, and it's looking behind us. We can look ahead at some of these other things and say that maybe just from the headline payroll number, there's a little bit more concern here than is expressed through, you know, certainly stock prices, but also maybe a, a whole lot of mainstream chatter too, right? How do you think, how do you view the 223? 
You know, Jeff, I don't think it's terrible. And I'm going to tell you why. Now, I, I mean, we, we know it's heading down. We know it's decelerating. But again, we're seeing this market reaction that it seems positive. And, you know, maybe one thing we can look at is the weekly unemployment claims. And they're all of a sudden dipping back down. So if we if we take the non-farm payroll for it and say, OK, we know it's lagged and maybe, you know, put a couple month filter on that. Then what it says is this deceleration was already baked in the cake. It might further decelerate. But if, in, if initial claims are indeed bottoming out again or going back down and staying low, then it kind of maybe looks like a little bit of a soft landing here. And you can start maybe getting the idea of why the market's happy, because if we were seeing initial claims, you know, 250, 275, you know, or plus, plus end the non-farm payroll decelerating, it starts to make the cases, yeah, we know that's lagged. And boy, it is going to be in negative territory probably by, you know, the end of January or March or and so now or January or February, and this is a red alarm or, you know, so I think the market's reacting more to the weekly claims and saying that, hey, the Fed's likely to pause here because there's some other factors we got in that non-farm payroll report that the Fed's been saying they want to see. Yeah, one of the things you have to think, you have to keep in mind is why the labor data is lagged. And that's part of what you were just saying. Uh, that The part that I think most of the market's focused on in terms of filtering it through the lens of the Federal Reserve and rate hikes was the wage and hour data. Um, for me in particular, the hourly data uh, on the number of hours worked seasonally adjusted actually declined for the second straight month. That's not a good sign. Now, again, as you said, it's not terrible. It's not like the recession or something really bad happened right now. So why is the payroll data or the labor market data more broadly lagged? And it's because of how companies process what they're seeing. So companies, as you've said numerous times on this channel, they don't like to fire workers en masse until they absolutely have to. So as the economy starts to head off a cliff, the labor market doesn't look all that bad because companies are holding on and holding on and holding on until that last triggered moment where they say, we've passed the point of no return. And now all of a sudden, we got to start the layoffs. We aren't to that point yet. And so I think the, as you're saying, the stock market reaction to the wage and uh, hour data was, okay, this will get the Fed off our back. Whereas the bond market looking ahead said, what is the point where companies that are already concerned about the economic climate start to, when, when do they throw in the towel and start the layoffs? And that's where all the rest of this week's economic data came in. Because if you're looking for the moment when companies are going to start saying, we can't hang on anymore. We've got to start doing the more, the, the, we got to start doing major cuts to our input costs and labor's the biggest one because the economy has fallen off a cliff. We got the off the cliff signals all throughout the numbers this week. Uh, I'm talking about specifically the ISM manufacturing, which came in earlier. And then the ISM non-manufacturing, which was just, I mean, pretty much uh, the services economy is not supposed to be this bad. And the ISM numbers this bad make the services part of the economy look like either 2020 or 2008, 2009. And if those numbers are anywhere close to accurate, those would be, the, they would represent the conditions where corporate boardrooms, they're having meetings right now saying, it's time to start maybe thinking about more serious layoffs, right? So that's the lagging part of the labor market numbers. If these, if these other indications are correct about what's maybe just ahead that trigger moment in the labor market. 
Yeah, Jeff, you're right. And I want to kind of add into this non-farm payroll part a little bit more because we have to remember, you know, when we went during the pandemic, everything contracted very heavily and due to all the stimulus, everything went off the other chart, the other direction. So what we're seeing now, what you and I are kind of indicating, suggesting is, look, we're probably headed into the recession. The yield curve says that whether it'll be a financial crisis or not will depend on some other mitigating factors. But what Wall Street's looking at here is like, hey, we're just coming back to normal. So if we're doing payrolls in the low 200,000s, that's okay. If hours work comes back to the long-term trend, that's okay. If wage growth comes down to where the Fed wants it, they're going to quit hiking. And of course, we can then, it's not about whether the Fed's hiking or not. It's about the perception of liquidity. Oh, the Fed's injecting liquidity. Of course, Jeff, I know you're rolling your eyes so many times we can't see it, but the, the perception that liquidity drives the market. So if that, if the Fed is indeed going to do that, then we, boy, we better get into stocks now. And that's why you see this move higher in stocks. It's all about perceptions, not so much about the reality. It's until we start to see the non-farm pay report maybe go negative, or we see hours work continue to contract, or we see rage growth can dump, that then all of a sudden you'll see Wall Street have a different reaction. But at the same time, you'll see the Fed react differently too. But if we look, as you mentioned, Jeff, just at the ISM, and I want you to give us those numbers because they're not they're not normal numbers. This has not come back to normal. So I want everyone to understand that when we look at the payroll, what we're seeing is back to kind of long-term trends of where we were before the pandemic. When we look at the ISM data, we were certainly not looking at these numbers. And that's what you and I are concerned about because if the ISM data is right and continues to go down, which it may not, it may rebound. We don't know for sure. But if it continues to go down, then in the matter of months to come, we should see that show up in the labor market. You're right. I th the question here is, what does a downturn or slowdown actually mean? And it can mean a variety of things. It could start with, as you're saying, it could be nothing more than this red hot economy that was booming and blistering and you know companies hiring all sorts of workers, labor shortage, high, high wage growth, just simply cooling off, going back to as the FOMC hopes and prays, nothing more than just a stable, standard, maybe even pre-pandemic state, which to me, that wouldn't be all that great to begin with. But given the uh, range of outcomes that we have facing us, maybe that's the best case. But that's OK. So we have the soft landing that's still on the table, at least according to labor market data. But increasingly, it's not on the table in a wide variety of other indications, including market inversions and things like that. And then these ISM numbers, which the ISM non-manufacturing had been among the outliers suggesting that this was a soft landing, which to me was one of the reasons why this current number for December, the current range of numbers for December was so incredibly compelling because the ISM had been the non-manufacturing ISM, contrary to S&P Globals, which had already sunk down into the 2020 or 2009 depths, the ISM non-manufacturing had managed to stay around the mid-50s and say, mid-50s isn't good, but that's at least somewhat somewhat reasonably, uh, reasonably decent, consistent with the idea of a soft landing. But then we get 49.6 was, was the headline for December, non-manufacturing and new orders, new orders, always new orders, forward-looking stuff, 45.2. I mean, that's... That's March, April, and May of 2020 territory. That's Mar or that's a uh, late 2008 
kind of a range in terms of the Great Recession. So that's not a number that's consistent with soft landing. That's a number consistent. That's not even a number consistent with mild recession. That's pretty serious stuff. But I, you're right. It's not just about the one month. It's about taking the ISM's non-manufacturing in the context of all these other numbers, in the context of not the stock market reaction, but how the bond market reacted. And I know that's something I wanted to ask you about that too, because we have, you know, markets always fluctuate, you know, short run basis anyway. We had sort of that back up in interest rates uh, the last half of December. So the market ignored the FOMC's hawkish statements in mid-December. Then all of a sudden we got a more optimistic less inversion the last half of December. And then the first week in January, we're right back where we were in mid-December again, despite the Fed making even more hawkish statements in minutes. And I think, Steve, uh, get your opinion on this. It's about the it's not about the payroll number looking ahead. It's about all these other things looking ahead at not not even, not just not soft landing, but recession or worse. Yeah, absolutely right, Jeff. Because you know, let's let's put this in perspective of maybe a small business here and what they're seeing. We know there's been a huge inventory build, Jeff. You you've been talking to that you know since you're blue in the face here for a while. So why do you see new order demand fall? Because of their, what you're hearing from businesses telling you either we have either demand has unchanged, but we overordered or demand is falling. And yeah, we did trim our inventories down, which we know they really didn't do very much. And we've got too much inventory. So at that point, you stop the new order growth. Now, if you don't see the, the inventory levels come down, which is what we need to watch next. Then you see employment go down because at that point, the business owner is saying, look, I got all this inventory. I still have my overhead. It's not moving. My revenues are coming down. I got to can a few people. I don't want to, but I have no choice. So if you think about this from the market's perspective here, what the market's trying to factor in here is maybe we do clear this out. Maybe this is a short-term contraction. And I'll, I'll let's put this in a football analogy, Jeff, because today's football Sunday, and we know that you're just waiting to go watch the Bills play and hopefully win. But let's just take a team that gets out of the gate early and puts a couple touchdowns up on the board. Everybody's thinking, oh, it's great. We're going to win. And then next thing you know, they have three series in a row where they're four and out and they punt. Now you're looking at what would be a mild contraction in a game. They may just go on to score, you know, 40 more points and win. And that's what the market's looking at the ISM here and saying, hey, we're just contracting a little bit. This may not be a big deal yet. Now the bond market's saying, nah, this is, this is, this is, this is a trend change. I want to say, hey, those three announced, no, there's going to be a whole bunch more because what, what I didn't tell you is a star quarterback's on the sideline because he's hurt. But the bond market saying, look, something bad's coming. The stock market saying, maybe there's a way out here and we may have already priced it in. And that's what it's hopeful for here. And it's only now as we look forward, if we see these contractions in the ISM get deeper, it will drag the payroll for it down more. And then that will force the Fed's hand. Of course, then we can come back to the same liquidity comment from before that the market will still be excited about. Because remember, bond market is reality. Stock market is hopium until it figures out what reality is. By the time the stock market gets the reality check, it's way too late. Well, let's let's finish up with that then. Let's talk about the triggers. What would it be that what would it take to turn this optimism in the stock market toward what we think is reality? What we think is more the more likely uh, more likely base case of probabilities? Because uh, you're right. We never deal in certainties here. Everything is always about probabilities, even in the bond market. The bond market is certainly not perfect. 
it has gotten a number of things wrong. So maybe the bond market's wrong. How would we know which one is which? Let's, let's talk about that because payroll reports, is, is, I would imagine if they continue to be in the low 200s, that's not great, but that's certainly not indicative of what the bond market is picturing. P- picturing. And we do have, so we've got benchmark revisions coming up, which could, that could alter the picture of the labor market too. So that's one thing. What is it that maybe that we, we could look at that would, that would, be a, a sensitive trigger for the equity market to say, oh, we were wrong about this. We don't, the Fed is cutting rates or likely to cut rates because the economy really did go off a cliff. And I know it's, I know it's always really difficult and I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, Steve, because you never know what really going to, you know, you can never really decide ahead of time or predict ahead of time. What is the thing that turns the market around? But is there a number of, is there any number of things that we could look at where we, we could reasonably say, equities are going to are going to look at this and be, come back down to reality is it corporate earnings is it um you know is it labor market is there some other thing that we can that the that the market might be looking at that that uh, or maybe is it it's just everything all together you know jeff i'm going to say the uh, economy is 70% the consumer and i don't think stocks care too much about earnings all the time i don't think they care about a lot of things all the time and and I know people and again, we come back to everyone rushed into cash because they think the market this time is going to care. But as long as the consumer keeps spending or can spend at the rate the market thinks is OK, then you have the, the story that, OK, well, new orders could go down because, sure, we got inventory built and inventories come down and then all of a sudden everything rebalances and then orders come back. Factory sector comes back and stocks boom. So. You know, as as I kind of look around, barring a big surge in unemployment claims, which for the moment I don't see happening. Uh, I know we talked about all these tech layoffs uh, last year, but there was a Wall Street Journal report that I saw that said tech workers were really disappointed when they got laid off, but then turned around and found out that, oh, there's other companies, maybe not big companies, that actually need their expertise. So a lot of them are out work for a couple of months and finding jobs. So I think at this point, it's going to come down to can the consumer continue to consume at the rate they were before? If they can, those inventories come down. This is your soft landing. If they don't, well, they're obviously going to be a lot more layoffs. Yeah, that's. I think that's the key. It's both. It's not just a market story. It's also a macro macro story. Which, as we often note here, that's it's one and the other, one and the same, macro and market. So, thank you very much for your, uh, joining me again, Steve. Look forward to twenty twenty three, brand new year. Hopefully, we're wrong about all these things and things turn out to be really great. Just that uh, I always say that the market, the bond market curves have been pointing in this direction all along. And I think what's really concerning me the most is the fact that the, mar- the data that we get keeps falling in line of where the curves have been have been pointing all this time. And so for me, it's just a matter of time, I think, before the equity market starts to get with the, you know, lose the idea of a soft landing and see the economy for what it is. So, but we'll find out, you know, we live in interesting times. Thanks for joining me, Steve. See you next week. Take care. Thanks, Jeff.